Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. We are very excited to have with us today Jamie Kernahan. She is the CEO and the founder of GVC Marketing. Jamie, how are you doing today? Great. Great to be here. Thank you. And before we kind of jump into some questions, if you could give our audience just a little bit of background on yourself and a little bit of background on GVC Marketing. Uh, Yes. So thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast, so I am very excited to be here. I have my own company, GVC Marketing, and uh, my background is extensive in marketing in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I have been on the agency side. I've been on the corporate side. I also have been a client. So um, all those things, marketing, I'm trying to keep up with as everyone else is. And GVC Marketing started as Green Valley Careers uh, because I also love teaching I have been an adjunct professor at uh, University of Texas at Dallas. I've taught some career classes at SMU as well. And I really wanted to have a coaching business for marketing because when I was at SMU as a career coach, I found a huge disconnect uh, with students in marketing and what is expected in roles. And I also love marketing. So my company morphed from GVC Marketing, which, by the way, um, Green Valley Careers, AKA the street I live on. Um, I could not find anything else to name my company. And I thought Green Valley is where everyone wants to be. So um, Green Valley Careers morphed into GVC Marketing. So here we are. And I do both. I do career coaching, personal branding, and then also just actual marketing for companies. So my clients, I do most of their branding and marketing for them as well. That's awesome. And we've got a lot of ground to cover here. So I'm going to just kind of dive right in. Um, As far as being an educator, what big transitions have you seen over the last six months in the COVID era through this pandemic as far as this shift has happened uh, and is it continuing to happen to online learning? How is that really changing the game for everyone? Well, what I have found even before the pandemic was that marketing was changing so fast that even students in brick and mortar classes and even online classes before, they really weren't being able to keep up with the skills they needed to get jobs. And I think uh, what I saw during the pandemic was so wonderful that these companies that would have certification programs, they would offer them for free during the pandemic because People needed to uh, pivot their jobs, just like people are needing to pivot their companies. They're needing to pivot their scale, their skills and make themselves more viable in the workforce. And marketing is certainly um, a prime candidate for learning. You have to have a learner's mindset in marketing or you just get left behind. And I think that during the pandemic, this free Uh, offering from like Moz and some great apps where you could just get certified and improve your skills to improve your life, to improve your job, because most jobs went online. And I think companies where it used to be a nice to have to have marketing, I think they really had to sit back and say, wow, I, I have to have marketing. 
marketing is usually the first thing to go when you go into a recession, when you get, um, you know, the revenue is just not coming in. Well, you know, typically the conversation is we don't need to pay for marketing. And unfortunately, it is total opposite. You need to have that engine running when the economy comes back. And I think people taking advantage of this online learning during the pandemic, I'm sure that they see their opportunities have improved because they've improved their skills. So I was very excited to see that change in opportunities. And I certainly was a voice on LinkedIn about all the free certifications you could take. So I was happy to see that. Absolutely. And as a career coach, uh, what advice would you have as far as, you know, what are those key skills that you should be honing right now as you're having maybe a little more time on your hands to, uh, you know, prepare yourself for future roles of work? I think it would be a great time for you to explore different things that you like. Um, what I am seeing in in the job industry, at least, you know, some marketing perspective is that employers are looking for this unicorn of a person um, to know all aspects of marketing. In fact, I just actually wrote um, uh, a blog about this recently on LinkedIn and on my website about how employers are looking for this unicorn of a person. And I really caution companies looking for this one person who can do it all. Because as anyone knows, this SEO expert that you know, that's what they know inside it out. Now, do they know how to market to influencers? Do they know how to create a great video? Um, no, that's not their wheelhouse. Yet, you will see job descriptions for these kind of unicorn people. So I think employers are going to take a step back eventually when they realize they can't find this unicorn of a person. Uh, but I also just challenge everyone to look at what they enjoy doing. I started my own company a year ago, and it was because I started doing videos for our career management center at SMU that I realized I absolutely love doing videos. I mean, I am... I am a Gen Xer, so I'm not a millennial videoing everyone doing everything. That's not my life. But I so love making videos of branding and things like that. So you never know where a new interest will come from. If you're really interested in how a website works, you should really learn it because people get paid a lot of money to have that uh, website run, run like a machine. Absolutely. And, and that kind of brings me to my next question. Um, shifting into digital marketing a little bit, that also used to be a nice to have. And I think a lot of uh, our listeners and B2B businesses are learning that it has quickly become a must have to connect with their audiences on their turf, you know, where they're spending their time. Have you seen that uh, same kind of transition or acceleration of that transition? Oh, yes. Uh, from my clients and certainly personally, I mean, I saw a huge shift from mobile before the pandemic, everything was mobile, mobile apps. Um, I had a client that's pushing a mobile app. And as soon as everyone went on lockdown, desktop went through the roof. Emails were being opened at a 12% open rate. I mean, that is like unheard of. People thought email marketing was dead. And it is one of the things that helped my clients survive. So emails and blogs and and taking that time. And, and I'm sure you've seen an increase in podcasts of people listening I know people aren't driving, whereas I feel that, you know, maybe your podcasts are consumed in that um, arena of, of people driving, especially I know in Dallas with the drive time being at least 45 minutes to get to work. Um, but you, I'm sure you've seen a shift of what people need the information for, and it is to learn. 
It is to learn how to make their lives better, whether it's to deal with the stress of the pandemic or it's to learn a skill. And I think that it's great. I, but I also have a learning mindset. So uh, changing, having that shift is really important. Absolutely. And when we thought the same thing, the, the podcast viewership nationwide may go down under the pandemic, and it's done the exact opposite. It's accelerated um, how quickly it is continuing to grow as one of the biggest mediums, uh, channels, you know, that you can connect with your audience on. Um, and, and that's really great to hear. Email open rates are up 12%. I did not know that. Um, you heard it here first. Des desktop is back. That's breaking news for a lot of people, I'm sure, um, and, and may have an influence on their strategies moving forward. Um, so, so that's great insights. Uh, and, and maybe tell us a little bit more about your background with the AMA. Yes. So I am very excited to say that I uh, just recently um, was appointed to the board here uh, on the AMA DFW. So I'm the EVP of marketing for the chapter uh, here in Dallas. And we're just really striving to get our message out that we are the one place uh, you, you're right at home to find your marketing learning your marketing resources of jobs, you know, all things marketing is really what we want to drive home that message. So we're working with our board members and of course our members to make that viable for the next year or so. So I'm very excited about that. And I love volunteering. I know um, people don't have a lot of time or maybe they do now, right? Since uh, you're not um, driving everywhere, but uh, volunteering is really, really great uh, for me personally, because I have volunteered many places uh, in the Frisco area because that's where I live. But I really wanted to concentrate on my industry and give back because I have been involved in it for so many years. So I'm really happy to help members with their careers or branding and uh, certainly our members as far as companies to get them you know, maybe they could win an award with our marketer of the year that we have every year. So love to see more people involved in that. Absolutely. And, and I'll have the same question for both topics, e-learning and for marketing. Um, we've seen this shift towards obviously a lot more e-marketing, e e-learning. Where do you see this going kind of more long term as hopefully the pandemic will subside uh, sooner than later? What kind of new normal and marketing new normal and online learning do you think we're going to arrive at? I really, I mean, with the way technology moves, I really think that whether you like it or not, it is a Pandora's box that has been opened and, and can't be closed. I think that companies that don't realize where their customers are, so if customers I mean, that's where they are is online. And if you don't get there in whatever you're selling, you will miss significant amounts of revenue because I think people have uh, enjoyed the, you know, um, online grocery shopping, the online shopping, which we, we were doing before, but not like we did during the pandemic. And I think e-learning, I could go to any university in the United States. I am not held to my location as hindering my education. And I can sign up for online anything, um, UCLA, all these great universities. And I think that, I mean, I just believe they need to embrace it and take advantage of it, or you just will lose out on the revenue because Yale will take all your money, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I don't know if you have a, a perspective on this, but uh, we've talked a lot on the podcast in the past with different guests about really where will the university systems start to shake out over the next 6, 12, 24 months. Um, a lot of universities are, are 
getting worried if they're not able to be back on campus this fall that they may be uh, bought up by a larger system or uh, kind of be in trouble. Do you have any thoughts on on kind of where higher ed may be trending in the next, uh, again, 6, 12, 24 months? So, yes, I really have a personal investment in that answer because my son is a senior in high school this year, and we are looking for the right fit for him in his higher education career. And he really wants the whole experience. I mean, he wants to move there, even if it's in California, even though my wallet is not agreeing with <laughs> the California, right? The California idea since we're in Texas. Um, but I mean, he just really wants that whole experience of, you know, living in a dorm and doing all these things and, you know, really experiencing college, which I know campuses want as well, right? This is how they can charge the tuitions. And I think that they're really going to have to look at those uh, pricing because I mean, if, if my son can't go there and live there, do I want to pay for all of that? I, I kind of don't as a as a parent. Uh, but I also can see it from, you know, the university standpoint is they already have all this infrastructure in place. It's not like they aren't going to get bills for it. Right. I mean, they can't just up and make themselves totally online. So I think there will have to be a hybrid because until we know really where all this is going as far as keeping our kids safe and certainly not bringing home the virus to families as well. You know, online may be the only thing to do for the next, I don't know, maybe year or so. But I, I do think it need, will need to be a hybrid. I think that universities will have to get on board with the whole online thing, just like, you know, all those people who want to sell um, products and goods, they need to get their e-commerce site up. I mean, I know not everyone can be like Amazon, but we're all kind of used to Amazon. So I'm just saying you need to get there or you're going to lose the sales. Well, and a lot of people complain about Amazon, but just imagine the pandemic if there was no Amazon. It would be a very different very different world that we're living in right now, just getting basic supplies and groceries and uh, hand sanitizer if possible, things of that nature is, is really tough to consider without uh, them. So a necessary evil sometimes. Well, and especially since, you know, our parents and grandparents, if we have them, you know, being older, I mean, these online uh, venues have been wonderful for them. So, you know, there's, my parents aren't, even going shopping in a store yet. I mean, they have really enjoyed the whole online situation, whether it was Amazon or Kroger or or whoever had their online system up, Walmart. They were in it and it was great. And they're some of the biggest users of social media now and Facebook and things like that. It's actually uh, trending more towards uh, adults uh, than, uh, than uh, teenagers or uh, you know uh, the uh, younger generations, which is uh, an interesting shift as well. Um, well, could I just brag a minute right Please. there? Yeah. Um, my dad is a, my dad is 74 and he is a micro influencer on Twitter. He has over 45,000 followers. So I'm quite proud of my high tech dad. Um, he keeps up with the trends and sends me, <laughs> sends me, uh, apps of, you know, Hey, you should do this for your company. You should do this. You should do that. So yes, I do see a trend in, you know, social media being older and, you know, the forgotten about generations need to be re-looked at, that's for sure. 
Absolutely. And, and that's great from a standpoint of uh, life, true lifelong learners. Um, obviously, he learned those skills in recent years. Uh, online courses and online marketing um, has expanded not just to Generation X, Generation Y, the younger generations. It really does uh, expand into all generations now, which is really great to see. And certainly uh, make sure that uh, he promotes the podcast episode to all of his uh, thousands of users. That's very impressive. Yes, I will. I will let him know when I am on and he will share it. That is for sure. That's great. Um, so that kind of transitions again back into uh, adult education. And, and so the fine line between higher ed and employment and where those gaps are, and we kind of talked a little bit earlier about micro learning opportunities, um, but for those uh, adult learners, w- what would be advice for them if they're really looking to make a career change at this point, since a lot of people are kind of looking to make that change? You know, I think it's very difficult at this time to um, have the silver bullet. I know everybody wants that. I mean, I, I know that everyone wants the one answer. My best answer is start your branding, start your branding online, start with LinkedIn Start talking about what you enjoy, being a part of that community, using Twitter from the business aspect, uh, following companies that do what you think you'd like to do and be a part of their Twitter chats and really understand what does that mean and how can you um, really be a part of that community online. Really building your brand to be that uh, SME, if you will, within whatever it is you love to do. Volunteer with the organizations that I know there's analytical organizations in DFW. I know we have the AMA. I know there are the marketing um, associations to be a part of that you could offer up your services to say, hey, I'd really like to learn how to, I really want to work on my SEO and I'd really want to work on those skills. So I volunteer to help you with your website at this association. So you could put it on your resume, you can put it on um, your LinkedIn. And so that you could get those next level jobs to say, I, I have experience in that. And I and I do understand the long tail keywords. And I do understand, you know, how that pre-production is very important in, in creating a video. Any of those things that you could do and having that learning mindset, it's it's much like uh, a internship of sorts. So create this internship for yourself. Make sure that you post consistently every day. Make sure your content, even if it's a inspirational quote, people look for you on the social platform to say, oh, I know JW is going to post something great today. And a lot of times it really helps me get through my day. So I look for that. So I think that you need to work on your personal brand outside of your company. So not so much your company, but you can also engage with the company you work for now. Help with their employer branding. Talk about what they do. Talk about that online. Make sure that you're a brand advocate for the company you work for. I mean, there's so many aspects that you could really get out there and get online in marketing. And all of that is marketing. Whether you think that or not, it all is. And so it's really crucial to, first of all, just start. Just start. Start today. Go out. And I know people get nervous because I coach them and I say, all right, I want you to go out on LinkedIn and I want you to like 10 posts today on LinkedIn. And I want you to comment, actually type something on two of them. That's all you need to do today. Marketing much like uh, is much like eating a pizza. You can look at it and be totally overwhelmed. 
Like, I don't know how to do blogs and I don't know how to do all those things. And, and oh my gosh, I just want to put my head under the covers. But you need to eat it one bite at a time, just like you would a pizza. Today, we're going to post some on LinkedIn and we're going to comment. You never know, by next week, you're going to be creating your own creative and posting it on LinkedIn and being part of a Twitter chat. You just never know how that's going to morph once you get the hang of it. Absolutely. You just got to dive in and start doing it and do it in an authentic way. Um, uh, great advice is to network and, you know, help others when you're not looking for something in return is a better strategy than, uh, you know, hey, I really need a job. You know, I'll help you if you kind of, you know, do this for me. Um, I think it's really good advice as well. Yes, I totally agree. I, I hate um, to have to tell people when they are in the situation of needing a job. Um, like the, I think my son told me it was a Japanese proverb that you needed to have planted the tree 20 years ago, but you need to plant a tree today, right? So even though you need the job today, and I know that's very difficult when you, your mortgage is due and your car is due and, you know, all those payments are due, all of that stress, you can feel like you have a plan, set a plan to say today and every day from now on consistently, I'm going to post X amount of posts a day. And after a while, it won't be this scary step. A lot of people find it to be scary. They don't, they don't realize how we're all out here too. And we would love to see you and we would love to hear what you would add to the community and what we could learn. I mean, it is it is really a great community, especially on LinkedIn. It's my favorite. Um, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. And in fact, a friend of mine just posted yesterday how she's looking for a job. So I just reshared it and said, hey, she's great. She's a great asset to your company. And, you know, she just gave me a love heart back. And it's just we're all trying to help each other out. And I think that when you build that rapport, though, it's really crucial, like you said, don't always be asking. This is for something for you. Give back to the community. What could you offer as far as insights that you know about an industry that someone needs to market to, for instance? So give back to your community. Even though you feel like you can't, you have nothing to give, everyone has something to give. And they should really, really try to set their sights on building that brand today. Absolutely. And, and consistency is key. You can't just do it for a day or a week. You got to be consistent. Um, as far as consistency for uh, having a growth mindset, being a continuous learner, taking online courses, what advice would you give to someone that has a hard time sticking with things? Um, is it, you know, doing an hour a day or finding a program that uh, is going to help keep them accountable through tracking? What are maybe some ideas that would help someone out there, you know, stick with continuous learning, e-learning? Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I understand what you mean about consistency and, and that is crucial and very key in social media. People don't understand um, how important it is to post. I mean, you'll tell, I'll tell clients that we need to post every day. And unless you post more than eight times a day, your, your followers aren't going to see it. So it is a misnomer that when you post something on social media, all your 2,000 followers are going to see that one post. No platform is that the case. So uh, people need to understand that you have to be consistent, consistent through the day and be able to automate. Learn what that means to automate your posts. Um, have app. There are apps for that. I know that's cliche, but there are apps for that. And I think it's really crucial to learn how to uh, block your time. I do the block uh, time blocking system where I block an hour 
And that's all I do. I stop everything I'm doing to do that hour. And that's what I did when I first um, started my business. Now it was a little bit easier because I didn't have um, as many clients at that time. So it was easier for me to spend an hour a day, but it was then also, oh, I have to do that. You know, oh, I'm nervous about that. Instead of, as Mark Twain would say, you know, just swallow the frog, do the thing you hate the most first and get it over with. And I highly recommend that. And if it's posting on social media, swallow that frog first every morning, get it over with, and you will feel so accomplished. So two suggestions right there. That's awesome. And earlier you mentioned how much you enjoy creating videos. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about the increased role in video as far as, uh, again, online learning and digital marketing. Um, We've moved, you know, from blogs to podcasts to videos. What is, are you seeing as that increased role of video? Video is so hot right now. I mean, I know it's crazy hot. However, it is only hot if you add the subtitles because people on other platforms besides Facebook watch it without the sound. So um, being mindful of your audience. So subtitles are really key. I mean, you can have this beautiful graphic design, but you really, if people are talking, you need those subtitles. But video is so hot right now, you will increase your engagement. I've seen increased engagement like 20% over um, regular posts with video. Even just a motion graphic, just for it to make someone stop scrolling their feed. And it is it is great to catch someone's eyes. I mean, I can in, increase viewership significantly by adding motion, adding um, a video to it. And then also having the subtitles, that is key to add to the engagement because I, people aren't listening. They, they can't turn it up or they don't want to turn it up. Um, if your house is like my house... We're all sitting in the living room, all on our different phones, right, with the TV on, and uh, there's no video playing except for what's on the TV, and my kids have their earphones in, and my husband and I don't have our earphones in, but we're all watching things on our phones. So hardly, I hate to say hardly anyone's listening to video, but they are watching. Absolutely. And another growing trend that we're seeing is not just video, but the resurgence of live broadcasting. Um, live was kind of big and then it kind of took a backseat and it seems to be back now. What uh, are your thoughts as far as, you know, digital content marketing and the role of live broadcast of video? I love the idea of live broadcast because it makes you be somewhere at a certain time, which is what I think we're all missing. We're all missing our schedule. You know, we're missing uh, going to luncheons where there was a live person. We're missing concerts. We're missing events. In fact, I just got invited to the ANA uh, Marketing Week and to be a part of that. And it's all virtual where I would every year fly to Orlando and see uh, their event and have they would have great people there. Gary Vaynerchuk is one of my favorites who I follow. And he would be there and, you know, in his flamboyant style, so fun to hear and can't believe he says those things, but he does. And he has great points, absolutely great points, which I love. Um, and so I'm I'm anxious now to let's go, let's be virtual, whatever that takes, because I am tired of being in my office like I am right now with my two monitors, and this is all I do all day long. So online is is really putting that schedule to the test where I think we miss it. We miss, hey, today at noon, I need to be on to hear what they're talking about, you know. And so 
I really hope for the special events people and that whole industry that live broadcast does come back because they really need some help. And I think we gain so much knowledge of all of us gathering. So I, I love the idea. I'm hoping it catches on more. Absolutely. And it seems like it's a direct response to trade shows being canceled and people not being able to get together in person as they once would. And, and I think one of the silver linings is it's expanded the number of people that can get connected with that content and with those communities that maybe were not able to travel from long distances or afford to attend some of these uh, big conferences. I think that's what you're seeing. And I think you're going to see that continue again as the pandemic subsides, um, that there's going to be even more of that available, whether that's hybrid events or uh, some of these uh, events just moving, staying online because it is really resonating with people. Yes, no. And I think um, having to create live events, which we try to do once a month with our AMA chapter, I think it's such uh, adds an ability to get people to speak at your events that you could have never gotten before. Because A, they aren't getting the speaking gigs they used to get, right? So they get a call from someone and, hey, will you do it? And it's online and there's no travel and there's no expense. And all you need to do is, you know, log in and we can talk. And I, I, I love that idea. I think that there's so much more opportunity to learn from great marketers in that sense. Just, you know, if they're willing to be on, we would love to have them. So um I think that their schedules have been curtailed just like everyone else's. So I think I think we could really take advantage of some great learning at this point. So Absolutely. And I'll just kind of end with this. As we talked about earlier, you know, at MarketScale, we really believe that marketing is the highest form of education that people don't want to be sold to anymore. They want to be educated. They want to be a part of the learning process. And if through that they then happen to enjoy, you know, your thought leadership, your products, then, you know, they're going to convert into customers at a higher rate than just kind of the old school traditional sales and marketing kind of uh, beat, beat people up with it. Is that a trend that you're seeing as well right now? I do see that. I do see that because um, without that background, people are just being sold to very hardcore, like buy me, buy me, buy me. I know that's not what they're saying, but that's what they mean. And I think when you take the time as a company, as a brand, to tell people why you're the best solution for their problem, and I think that's where content management comes in. Because being a content manager, you help manage where your customers are in that sales funnel or the buyer's journey. So content is really crucial. And it isn't always about selling something. It is giving away information that adds value so that someone will think of you the next time they need to buy it because you're top of mind because how wonderful that was that I didn't have to pay for every little thing. I wasn't nickeled and dimed by your company, but you gave me information that helped me present some idea or helped me through uh, struggling to figure out how to do something. So when you can identify where you can help your customers and give them that value, I know they will come back. People are loyal to brands that help them. They are also disloyal to brands who have taken advantage of them during this time as well. Absolutely. Okay, last question. You mentioned Gary Vanderchuk earlier. Um, he is a pro at cutting through the noise and, and standing out. 
Um, what would be some fun examples or just in general advice on, uh, we know you need to be consistent, but what can you do as a marketer to be creative and cut through the noise in a time where everyone is shifting to digital marketing? It's obviously getting saturated and harder and harder to do that. So I love what he stands for. And he talks about being kind and being nice because we do see so much, you know, on many platforms of how terrible, unfortunately, people can be because it's so easy. You're, you're behind a phone, you're not face to face. So he does tout that. And I love that he takes his platform and his presence to be able to talk about being kind and being nice to people. It doesn't cost you anything. And you don't have to be ugly. So I do, I do love that about what he his um, messages. One of my most favorite things that Gary Vaynerchuk offers and really helped me get started was his $1.80 theory. And that is that $1.80, you go, you go online and you add your two cents, right? Everybody has their opinion and if you, it's tongue in cheek for adding your two cents. So you go online and you add your two cents to um, so many posts and you will add up. So what he wants you to do is talk on 90 posts. And I know that that sounds a lot for people, but you need to do your $1.80. So go out and do your $1.80. You can like them. You can comment on them, but about 90 of them and add your two cents. And if you follow him, he'll say, well, what do you think? What is your two cents? And he'll put that on there. And, and he is so brilliant at sharing his um, work and his time and his effort with all of his followers. He is, he is a, a fun man to follow. So I really appreciate his insights. Absolutely. And so on that, uh, go to uh, Marcus Scales LinkedIn, go to Jamie's LinkedIn, uh, go to uh, Green Valley Careers, GVC Marketing, and, and leave a comment uh, for every, all of us uh, and make that part of your 90 uh, today. Jamie, it has been uh, an amazing a conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And remember to always keep learning. <laughs>